0: The Filter Not Included Podcast, starring Brock The Boss Withrow, Gavin Mr. T. Turnick, Maddie B. Brisson, and Eric Westy-Westman.
1: are not include fans we are back better than ever with our second week here of nfl predictions and we've brought along a new friend of ours mr eric westy g-men welcome along westy how is it feeling after your giants big win last week against the saints it was an electric
2: win everybody thought i, I won't name names but people thought in here that the giants are just gonna get throat fucked but guess what? The G Man fucking came back and won an OT.
1: It was fucking amazing. Yeah, Danny Dimes definitely had a non-traditional type game where he, you know, held on to the ball, actually threw for 400 yards, and beat a team that has a, you know, top-tier defense over the last few years. So, tip of the cap to Danny Dimes. I think we can say for at least this week, Danny Dimes is all the way back. Uh, Brisson, how how's it feel that both you and I were completely wrong on that take, and you had to soul our pride week one in our predictions?
3: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. I was uh, wrong on the majority of things I said last week. So this week, you're looking to get back on track. Uh, and, you know, Danny Dimes did play well. I'll give him that. At the end of the day, though, he's not the FedEx air uh, Air player of the week, like uh, my man Joey B. But it's all right. You finished third, Westy. It's not the first time in your life. Probably not the last. Who, who votes on the FedEx
2: rankings there?
3: Anyone, dude. The Twitter mob.
2: Yeah. Okay. So they don't
1: mean shit.
3: Hey, man. You're one. Well, you the know, what? we're
1: all we're all winners this week. My Cardinals are the only undefeated team. Maddie B's got the FedEx uh, Air player there. We got Westie's Giants, and we also have Gav's Cowboys, who are surprisingly back here. At the NFC Beast. Uh, giving the Panthers their first lost season. Gav, were you watching the game? And if so, uh, how was it to uh, see them destroy the Matt Rule Panthers?
0: Oh, man, like, I'm not going to lie. The first half kind of Canada got me tripping a little bit. We're down going one into halftime. But then I don't know what that will happen, man. Mike, Mike McCarthy, man, gave everyone donuts or something in the locker room halftime. It juiced everyone up, got everyone energized, maybe threw some Red Bull in there. Who knows? But, man, we came out firing in the second half, put up three touchdowns in a row with big Trayvon Diggs, two picks there. I don't know, man. It's an exciting team to watch. And Dan Quinn, love the guy on defense for us. And man, on to Giants now, baby.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. I think uh, it, it's nice too that Mike McCarthy didn't have to worry about the clock because that could have been another scenario where yeah, anytime he time time has I to worry the league, about a dude. clock.
0: Worst time entering in the whole league. Man, I could play Madden better than he manages the fucking team.
1: <laughs> well, there you have it. There is our four men. Now, another important question for you as uh, I have to be honest with you guys, my gambling has been a little bit off the last few weeks. And it's, uh, it's, I, it's one of those where we're past the introductory stage where we now know what teams are like. And yeah. unfortunately, the gambling still hasn't come to a turnaround. How is the gambling coming for you guys? Uh, Rassan, let's start with you. Overfield goal prop, how is that looking? Plus other bets you've thrown out there so far this year.
3: Um, last week, I fucking won another 70 bucks on, uh, you know, Bet365. They give you that $10 free bet. I threw basically went in a bet builder, threw a bunch of stuff together on your Cardinals, and they, the boys pulled through. So, turned that free 10 into 70 there. I hit a bigger parlay the two weeks ago. I went 13 for 14 on picking games, I'm not trying to brag, but uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, I cashed out early on that one, so I made some decent money there. But yeah, I haven't been paying attention too much to the kickers. It's, it's too early to figure out who's got shit for brains and who can't handle the moment. But I think I'm going to start hitting that one soon here.
1: Westy, joining us for the first time uh, in our second recording here, how has your gambling been in your Bet365 world there? Uh, My week four, I
2: went four for seven. You know, the Bengals couldn't pull through on Thursday night. That minus seven and a half, that was for sure a lock. Did not pan out, that's for sure. Uh, You know, the Bills minus 17, that was a lock hands down. They just murdered the Texans. And, uh, yeah, Bet365, I've been up all year so far.
1: Uh, Yeah, so we were, uh, again, you... Obviously, since you're not as great of a you know podcaster as we are, we listen to our podcast, we record, and you haven't yet. But in case you weren't sure, we uh, we faded your three bets last week, where you had the Bills minus 17, the Ravens plus one, and the uh ooh, what was the other game? The Seahawks plus two. The let Russ cook. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, you know maybe we gotta give a little more respect on that man's name for at least next week. I'll probably end up fading you again. I mean, see you do it two weeks in a row, but we'll see. Um, Gav. Gambling-wise, how you been doing? Uh, last week was all right. Uh, I went two for three on my lock
0: picks that was posted on our uh, Instagram page. So I got two for three. I got both my game locks in. Prop bet didn't
1: hit, but otherwise it was a good week. Perfect. All right. Well, as you fans tune in every single week now for our NFL preview, let's get into it. Giving our man Eric Westy the starting for the snake draft. Westman, you have first pick in the draft. What game are you taking this week? I'm taking the Sunday nighter the bills
2: versus the chiefs. I mean, who wouldn't want to see these both, both these offenses play against each other any week of this year? I think I'm taking the bills plus two and a half. You know, the chiefs have been looking real slow. They're just relying on talent. They're not really good on defense. I think they're allowing the most yards per play on defense. The bills are just a better team right now, even though they smoked the Texans last week at, Take Bills plus two and a half. I'm not touching the over under at 56 and a half. That's just, it it seems like it could be an over, but as well, the Bills defense are pretty good. So Bills plus two and a half.
1: Now, regarding the game itself, any storylines or anything else standing out to you aside from the gambling that uh, you want to share with the fans here? Good question.
0: I think Josh Gordon will be suiting up. I think that's a pretty big storyline we could talk about. It's a big Good weapon one, for yeah. that Chiefs officer bringing in, man's Opposite ends of Tyree and Josh Gordon on the other side. Man, that's going to be fun to watch.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think it's, as a Bengals fan, we are the only team in the NFL without an indoor practice facility. So that's something, like, a lot of people we try to sign, they're like, absolutely the hell not. But then yeah. you look at team, like, you have Patty Mahomes under center. It's like, how, how do you say no? And then same with the Bills. Like, both those teams are so far up the power rankings and so good and have such strong pull with free agents like it seems like every single guy in the offseason like oh well every single top free agent is taking cuts to go to these teams and obviously josh gordon's a little bit of a different situation but you know it, it must be nice to be a chiefs fan
0: oh i couldn't even imagine being a chiefs fan honestly like what a life they are living right now Oh, absolutely. And I
3: I mean, as a Bengals fan, I've been kicked in the nuts for about five years in a row here. So it would be nice just to like stub my toe instead of getting absolutely nut punted.
1: Now, the one thing here that it just, again, not trying to fade you already, Westy, in your first uh, game here on Filter Not Include podcast, but every part of this spread and the Chiefs being a minus two and a half favorite at home just screams like it's the lock of the year where everybody's counting off the cheese are two and two, like, Oh my God, the chiefs are dead. They're never coming back. And again, a tough team like the bills. I'm thinking this is the game where, especially in prime time where Patrick Mahomes, you know, just it, it's one of those games that Patrick Mahomes steps up and does exactly what he does weekend and week out. He just hasn't done it this so far this year. Uh, the other part I was going to bring up too was over or the total is at 56 and a half real quick. Are you guys taking over or under in this game? If you had to,
0: um, I probably are going to be leading the over route because honestly, man, like the Chiefs last week, they played Philadelphia. Do you remember how many points the Chiefs gave up to Philadelphia last week? 30. Okay. So like if you're giving up 30 points to a Jalen hurts ran football team under center, what the hell is Josh Allen going to do against that defense? Honestly, that's why I'm taking the over and I'm also going to be, I'm going to be taking the Bills this week as well in this game. I think Josh Allen, that option would be too much to handle for KC.
3: Yeah, I I, I ride with that for sure. You know, I think this game is going to be like, you know, when you see those good hockey fights where it's like both guys are not worried about defending themselves. They're just trying to knock the other guys, cave in his orbital bone. That's what this game is going to be. It's going to be all offensive brawl. And now that I say that, it's going to be like 13-10, and I'm going to get burned again on this podcast. But I'm taking the got Yeah, I worship chaos, and this is the greatest example of what chaos could be right here.
1: Beautiful. Well, we're gonna move on here to our next game. We got Mr. G, uh, GT Gavin Turnick is gonna pick the next one. Gav, what game do you got? Yeah.
0: Uh, so to so to get a start, I got Detroit versus Minnesota. That was a good division matchup. So although this game is a division a division matchup, this is still a game that has a combined one and seven record between these two teams. The Detroit Lions will be looking to capture their first one of the year of the season come Sunday, but I don't see that scenario. How that could how they could accomplish that. Detroit has a 29th ranked points against defense given 29.8 points a game. And that's not going to mix well when you have Dalvin cook and Justin Jefferson on the other side of the ball. The only player that really doesn't treat me for Detroit is TJ Hawkinson and Detroit will have to get him involved early to have a chance to keep the, to keep this possible shootout game close. So my final score, 24, 20 Minnesota Vikings.
1: see a 24-20 victory for the Vikings there you don't see a complete wiping no covering of the spread for the Vikings at home I
0: I think it's gonna be a bit closer than people think
1: um school nation
0: yeah and like these division games man like all these division games are always so 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 close because like I'm even like looking forward to like my Cowboys with the Giants like it's not gonna be a blowout like some like the spread is showing these division games are always close that's why I won't be riding with like for Minnesota to cover here at all if anything like you got to pick Detroit, man, like, to, like, to, for the spread. Like, I see this game being very,
1: very close. Yeah, it's one of those for me, too, that, you know, after that Bengals minus seven and a half, it's going to take me a while to be comfortable betting a touchdown favorite for any team, really, unless it's a Bills-Texans type matchup. But um, I don't know. The Vikings, I think, are still frauds. I think one, in, they don't deserve to be one and three like they are, but I still think they are not a good team. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. I'm sure he'll light up the Lions defense like Justin Fields did last week. Um, But I mean, I I just, yeah, Lions aren't winning this game if they do good on them. Uh, But I just, I don't see, I don't see this Minnesota Vikings team being as talked about as everybody else talks about them. What, Brisson, Westy, any thoughts on uh, this game before we move on? I think Minnesota
2: will pull away early with this game, but, you know, Jared Goff has been a tendency just to have been fighting back every single game he's been in. I think what was the first week he was down by 20 some points, but then narrowed it down to seven, seven point ending.
3: No, I, I, I feel that too. I think that if the lions win this game, then I will come on the podcast and fully be like, I think the lions are better than I thought they were, but if they lose, I'm going to come out and say, I think the lions are worse than, than we think they are. So mm-hmm. the lions are just kind of there, but they're liable to, absolutely blow up and I think drop a 35 point bomb. Like Jared Goff is good and he's good enough to keep this team in in contention in this game. And it just ends up what happens if you get Kirk Cousins if if he shits down his leg in the face of adversity like we've seen many times before. So I think that's that's the other thing is you can look at the lines all you want. But then again Kirk Cousins has he's very good at self sacking. And yes. someone says something mean to him and he falls over for a seven
1: yard um, loss. So definitely correct. Like, just looking at the uh, Lions schedule here before we move on to the next game, the Lions are playing the Vikings this week, going to, uh, or sorry, at home against the Bengals, going to Los Angeles to play the Rams, and then at home again against the Eagles with a week nine bye week. Uh, out of those four teams, obviously, Brisson, you're a little biased there, but are any of those four games where the Lions get their first win, including this week? I think the Eagles, the Eagles are just trash. Is that NFC Beast talking, or is that uh, NFL insider Eric Westman talking there? Column A, column B, but
0: yeah, <laughs> Eagles suck. Yeah, because like, looking at it, including this week, I think the Lions' best chance to get their first win is this week. So I don't see him beating Cincy. Definitely not the Rams. And I don't know, because Philly held ground against KC last week up until the fourth quarter. So I think this week is their best week to have a chance to win for Detroit.
1: All right, moving on to the next game. I'm going to draft this one tough one, Brisson. You missed the draft, whatever. Uh, we're going to. T- I'm going to take the uh, Cardinals 49ers here in the afternoon. My Arizona Cardinals 4-0. Obviously, that's a big one. NFC West matchup here. Cardinals are minus five and a half, five and a half favorites with a total of 50, uh, rounded out to zero there in the this game um yeah I think the Cardinals are for real that's a little bit of bias here I didn't wear the Cardinals hats tonight but I mean like you might as well just paint the Cardinal on my face right now because I'm fully pumped as a Cardinals fan I'm ready to get my heart broken you know Michael Scott verbal meme there but uh it's one of those that I think this Cardinals team's for real I don't trust the 49ers with Trey Lance going in there uh it's weird I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy but his offense does not look great and that's usually you know his storylines are always you could throw a uh you know a walk on from you know Tulsa University onto their offense and he could rack up 150 rushing yards, but uh hasn't looked that well this year for them offensively. Do they turn around? Maybe, but I don't see them doing it this week against the Cardinals at home, especially. I think the Cardinals are going five and zero here. I have I'm gonna say an unbiased 21 to 10 final. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game. I think both defenses are still pretty good. 21-10 Cardinals winning this one.
3: No, I like that. You know, I think I'm kind of, I seem to remember reading something today saying that Garoppolo might start and they haven't ruled him out. But I don't know if they're just doing the good old NFL injury report where you hide everything like Bill Belichick, hide the trees in the forest. But, you know, I don't don't know what's going to happen there. I think the Cardinals are a good football team. I think that they have three strong phases of football and, you know, it helps when your quarterback is a punt returner that can just scramble for 15 yards accidentally. So
0: no, for sure. And like Arizona, in my opinion, is the best team in the NFC. So I really don't see them losing this week at all in any scenario. Um, I think DLP's gonna have a big game. I think Evans is gonna is gonna hold his own on the ground. So yeah, I pick Arizona this game as well.
2: Yeah, I rock with Arizona this week. Definitely agree all with all of you there.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to uh, give it to Bresson, who's got his first game here on the snake draft, and he's got back-to-back picks here. So, Bresson, where do you in with your first game?
3: All right. Well, naturally, I got to go with the Packers at the Bengals. So, the over-under is set at 51. So, that seems a little, little high to me, although since he's been known to give up large plays in a quick succession. So, you never know. That over, I would say, is in contention, but I would probably take the under there. The line for the game opened at minus six. And it's now minus three for the Packers, so there's clearly been some decent movement. I don't know how often lines move or to what magnitude. That seems like a decent amount of a decent amount of change there. Um, this is a battle of two teams that are three and one. For the Bengals, you got Joe Mixon, the leading rusher. I think he's third in the league right now in rushing yards. He's questionable to play, uh, but on the bright side, you get T. Higgins back, who's your debatable wide receiver one for the Bengals, and Jesse Bates, who is one of the top safeties in the league. So. They lose Mixon potentially I think he was downgraded to doubtful today but I'd have to double check that so um, on the other side of the ball you get the Packers and missing their cornerback Jair Alexander which that would be a big blow for that defense if that is the case and the Bengals get Higgins back along with all their other weapons, I think that the Bengals are liable to put up points, you know it just depends how this offensive line is going to be able to hold up. but other than everything else, the points for, points against, yards for, and yards against for these two teams are eerily similar. I'd say within a 10% difference for almost everything. So it's this, I think this is gonna be a close game. Obviously I'm biased. So I'd probably take the Bengals plus three. I might even take the money line, but we'll have to see. It all depends on what happens to Joe Mixon. If Joe Mixon plays, then I think that line's gonna drop even more. What are your thoughts, fellas? What do you think, Westy? You got something brewing on in that fucking empty dog in ears there.
2: If Joe Mixon doesn't play, you guys got Samaj Perrine,
3: P. Ryan, no. and uh, Ryan. We, I forget oh, his name. Uh, is. You
0: guys have Chris Evans as well.
3: Yeah, we drafted him this year. He's nasty.
0: Chris Evans.
3: I think it's the future of
2: Cincinnati. I think Green Bay's defense is too good, even without Jair Alexander and your addition of T. Higgins coming back. I think the I think the Green Bay Packers will stomp the Bengals this week.
0: So I think this whole discussion is based around Joe Mixon, and I think that's extremely credible because in a young quarterback like Joe Burrow, you can't make him throw the ball 40 to 50 times in a game. You need Mixon to touch the rock 20 times a game for for Joe Burrow to be successful. So same thing. If Mixon's in, I think this game will be a bit closer than everyone thinks it's going to be. But if Mason's out of the lineup, I, I gotta pick,
1: I gotta pick the Packers for the spread. Yeah, I, I I have to disagree with Westy here. I think the Packers defensive frauds, I'm gonna say it, you know, until they completely prove me wrong. But you know, the Saints drop up a 38 to 3 victory on week one, and then they uh, they barely hold on to beat the 49ers 30 to 28. I mean, and that's a 49ers team that was not looking great. Jimmy G, probably the best Jimmy G will look all year, and it's Jimmy G who, you know, is it, it, he's the creative player in Madden without adding any attributes. He's just whatever fucking, at 50 right on the dot, throw a quarterback out there, that's what Jimmy G is. He's about as average as anybody out there. Uh, I think the Packers defense are frauds. I I think the Bengals cover here, especially at home, I and the Packers, uh, they have only won by, they lost on the road to the Saints, and they only won by two points against 49ers on the road so far. I don't know we'll, see it's uh yeah. Bengals nation you know, can be bumping
3: to add into that i think that if you can take the Bengals plus three i think that's a good bet because if there's one guy that you don't want in the fourth quarter to have a ball with like we saw earlier this year with what did he have 48 seconds saw something yeah. stupid to march down march down the field kick a field goal you no know, that plus three right there that'll at least get you a push for the Bengals. so you know i don't know what if if it's tie game it'll get you a push i don't know exactly what is going to happen here i think it's going to be extremely close obviously i'm picking the Bengals plus three because i ride i rock with gotta rock with my boys but yeah it's it's gonna be. i think this will be a good game and it's on at the 11 o'clock slate so i don't think it'll get lost in red zone like my team usually does
1: perfect all right uh let's let's head into your second pick here what's the second game you're taking maddie
3: all right, I'm going to come at you guys with the Jets at the Falcons, but at London. So they're playing in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, it's a 7.30 a.m. kickoff, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's a little early for breakfast beers, but we'll, may, we'll, have, to, we'll have to take one for the team and partake. Uh, Falcons are currently favored minus three right now with an over-under 46. So, you know, I think that over-under says everything. These if This is going to be a ridiculous, ridiculous game. Uh, both teams are 1-3. Last week the Jets had that huge overtime win. We saw the emergence of Jack, Zach Wilson. He looks legit, you know. And on the other side of the on the other side of the sidelines, you have the Falcons with their heartbreaking loss. So it all depends on what we think is going to happen here. So are we going to see the Zach Wilson we saw last week, or are we going to see the guy that looked like he was Jameis Winston reincarnated? So is there going to be a regression in his performance? Are we going to see things that are going to start changing? In his game, are the Jets actually good or is Robert Sala a fraud as a coach? And then you just cannot ever bet on Matt Ryan because you never know what Matt Yais is going to come to the table with. It's it's a gong show. I think this game's got a lot of questions for me. You know, will Zach Wilson be good? Will the Falcons show up? Will everyone get through airport security? And will I get my ass out of bed at 7 30 on a Sunday to watch this game? I think the answer unfortunately is yes. And I'm going to claw my eyes out, I think, by the second quarter. But what do you guys think there?
1: I see, again, it's one of those every aspect of me wants to scream over here. But I see like a 3 nothing final after the first half. And it's one of those that around 8.20ish or so, I'll be regretting waking up that early. Uh, even before we play a game, I'll probably be up watching at least the first half before we leave for a little baseball game. But um, yeah, it'll be absolutely worthless. Um, I am looking at it and I forgot that the other London game just as terrible as the Jaguars and dolphins. I mean, could the NFL have really picked two worst team, like matchups to send to London? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what the NFL and London, you know, what kind of relationship they have, but there's, there's gotta be some saltiness there. Cause they couldn't have sent fucking four worst teams and two worst matchups really in my mind, other than like a Jaguars and Texans, Kind of a little Thursday night special there, but uh, two awful games. This is the first one of it. Um, it'll be weird just seeing a non NFL stadium previewed at seven thirty in the morning. But um, yeah, I think I could hype myself up as much as I want for this game, but it it is eventually just going to blow up in my face and just let me down like most London games do. How about the Jets fans though? Like they'll be up at five
2: thirty a.m. to watch this game. <laughs> I don't think any Jets fans.
1: Would want to be watching the New York Jets.
0: Over over like, under
1: at least two and a half Instagram videos where you see guys in church with their phones in like the Bible watching the game <laughs> in London, uh in New York. Like there's no way that guys aren't going to church on Sunday, you know, a couple Catholics from New York. I uh, got to get their church in and they're watching their jets through their phone somehow, or it's taped to the back of the bench. But I, I will see at least three videos. I think of that, if not more, um, I don't really have any much else in this game. Uh, what are you boys thinking? No, anything else? Oh, I'm saying, I'm
0: saying way, right. I'm saying far, far, far away from this game, man. This game's going to make me want to pull a trick in the bathroom in between commercial breaks. I'm saying no.
3: Yeah. This now, is going yeah. to be like the time I got fucking tickets to the gray cup uh when it was here at Edmonton and I went with some buddies and we got there and I realized it was freezing cold and CFL sucks to watch and I was like what the fuck did I just do and I think that's what's going to happen I'm going to wake up at 7:30 on Sunday I'm going to crack a beer I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch the first couple plays of this game have a buzz because I just got up and didn't eat anything and then by like the end of the first quarter I'm going to be like this is absolutely horrendous but what I think that they should do for these London games is have soccer referees referee the football games because I think that the amount of flags that could be thrown for just like stuff that is completely legal would be incredible to watch. Like if you just gave them a rule book and were like, here, figure this out. And then like you're graphing this game in a week, that would be insane. They just think of the amount of like blocks and hits and everything that like you look at someone the wrong way in soccer and it's a fucking, you get a card.
1: Yeah. I want to see, Okay. So a few things to add to that one. Can you imagine a scenario where a soccer ref makes a, penalty and then instead of you know four skinny guys surrounding the ref in that tight circle that he can't move around there's four you know big african-american men surrounding him in shoulder pads and helmets i think he'll be pretty terrified secondly love the idea but another one i had just thinking on top of that one is you tell the where you said Tottenham stadium right so i'm sure there's a Tottenham team out there uh tell them that there's actually a soccer game going on there all the soccer fans come in, no football fans allowed. And then unfortunately, they see Jets and Falcons, football players run out. You lock the stadium from the outside so they can't get out and see how ruckus a soccer crowd can get during an NFL game. Lastly, I just thought of this as well. Are we sure the NFL doesn't put two terrible matchups at 7.30 in the morning just to make us more exciting for the afternoon slate? Because there's no way we don't walk away here from being like, okay, well, the afternoon, the morning and afternoon slate have to be better than this, right? Like there's no way you're going to be capped at 7.30 in the morning with like, that was the best football game we'll see this Sunday. There's no way, especially with these two teams, or I guess four in these two matchups. So maybe maybe that's what the NFL's thinking. They're like, let's get the shitty game out of the way and make people want to look forward to the rest of the games. All right, the next game I got in my draft, not the most uh, sexy game on the slate, but we have the Chicago Bears going to Vegas to play the Raiders uh, at Allegiant Stadium there. Uh, the big news here in this game is Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Clap of the hands for Matt Nagy, where he finally made the decision, you know, more than 24 hours before kickoff, which is a step in the right direction for him. Um, but again, uh, Matt Brassani, we were talking about the other day where uh, you're not a big John Gruden fan. Uh, if you were an NFL player right now and had to play under John Gruden or Matt Nagy, Offense or defense or a special teams specialist, uh, what team and what coach are you playing for? Um, I would probably
3: go to the Edmonton Elks. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I think that like John Gruden is just, he's just punch drunk at the wheel. He doesn't know what he's doing. But Nat, Matt Nagy, on the other hand, n- thinks he knows what he's doing. Where John Gruden is like, he has his coordinators make sure that they, different aspects of the game are being taken care of. And he delegates that stuff and then he just walks around one hand on the challenge flag the entire game or he's kicked back with a hand on his thing pretending to talk into the microphone. Like he's talking to someone upstairs. Like, I think they're just like, they let him think that he's important. Whereas Matt Nagy has the keys to the car and he's driving it like a maniac. Like he thinks he, he just has no idea what he's doing. I'd probably play for Gruden. I don't know if I'd like it. You know, hard knocks, I think was two years ago was pretty electric, but yeah, Matt Nagy is an absolute moron. Like I think he might be one of the stupidest people I've ever met, and I've met a lot of stupid people. I worked a lot of bad jobs, and he is one of the biggest morons I think I've ever, I've ever just encountered. I haven't even met the guy. He's just an idiot.
2: Knock on the table if you're with me. <laughs> the Raiders are going to win this game. There's no question about it. You can't you can't bet on a rookie QB to go in there with his first week of actual preparation to come in there and, and win this game. Uh, Raiders, Raiders are a good team.
1: Take the, take the spread there. Yeah. Have you, uh, you got anything on this game that, uh, we missed?
0: Yeah, no, just like one big storyline is, uh, David Montgomery, their lead back is going to be out now for the next four to five weeks. I think that's going to be a huge blow especially for a rookie quarterback, where they're going to be relying on the run game, relying on the checkdowns thrown out to, out to your running back. I think like, David Montgomery is going to be hugely, hugely in Chicago. And I think Justin Fields is going to realize that come Sunday.
1: Beautiful. Well, we're going on to the next game where we're heading and giving it to you, Mr. Gav. You have your second game on your slate. Where are you going with this one?
0: Yeah, so uh, I got Cleveland and the L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Browns are a three-in-one football team, but the entire media and fans are all over Baker Mayfield at the moment especially with the way he performed against Minnesota last week. The Chargers last week, um, it proved that they are contenders in the AFC and Herbert is playing at an MVP type level. The Browns are the top rushing offense, averaging 171 yards per game on the ground, which I think is going to extremely, extremely hurt the Chargers because they have the 29th ranked rushing defense. Upset alert. Browns win 27, 23 against the Chargers. Not
2: a bad take, like what you said. The Browns coming in. And where, where's the game, SoFi? SoFi. Game's at SoFi. What do they call Fast. the
1: fastest turf. Turf? Fast, Fast turf. Fast turf, good over game.
2: The fastest turf in the game. I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, yeah, they're probably the best one-two punches in the league. But I think, I think Justin Herbert's on that MVP caliber race right now. I think,
0: I think the Chargers are going to take this game. I just think that I think the only thing that that Cleveland's gonna have a chance of winning is if they control the clock and keep Herbert out the field. So you just gotta execute that run game to the best of their ability.
3: Was it Schefter that tweeted that Justin Herbert was going to be a like a, a Hall of Famer this week? Like, is that what I saw on Twitter? I'll have I don't to think find. It was Schefter.
1: I have I have all of his notifications. I got rap sheet. I got a, a few it others, one, but like I don't think I saw
3: anything. Because they mentioned it on the on a different podcast I listened to. And I was like, I get it. Like that is a distinct possibility. But also at the same time, it's like, you know how early on this is? That's like you you can't go from
1: talking sophomore slump to future Hall of Famer within the the first four calendar weeks of an NFL season.
3: Yeah, like the dude can't even stick to a haircut. Never mind fucking (laughs) a consistent performance.
0: Yeah. Like the one thing is I love Justin Herbert, but the guy only has 15 or so starts under his belt still.
1: Yeah, but I, I trust again, I I trust the 15-16 start Herbert over I do Mayfield. I mean, mm-hmm. again, the, the Bear the, the Bears. The Browns offense here is the run game. They have the best run game in the NFL. I think we can all agree there. Yeah. is yeah. probably second and someone else is third. But um, I think they, like you said, the Browns are their offense is hold on to the ball as long as possible. Don't give it to the other team and just run it down your throat. Uh, the Raiders only had 48 rushing yards last game. And I believe they're at minus one going into the second half. Is it one of those that, you know, the Chargers can do the same thing here against the Browns who have the best run defense? That's the true question. Um, You know, it's one of those games where you can say one team's going to shut down the other or not. I think it's going to be one of those like middle of the pack. They'll get 80, 90, maybe 100 yards rushing. They won't have too few. They won't have too many. But I really do think that, this game is going to come down to Baker Mayfield's performance, and I truly believe that in SoFi Stadium against this Chargers defense and Brandon Sealy, Baker Mayfield will not step up to the occasion and the Browns will lose. Chargers will go to 4-1. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I
3: agree you go, with that. You go, you go, Gav.
1: Yeah, I think what it's really going to come down to is who's
0: leading the game first. Because the reason why the 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 reason why the Charger, I mean, the reason why the uh, Las Vegas Raiders only ran for, like you said, 48 yards last week is because they were down for the majority of the game. So I think if Cleveland can have a little bit of a lead after halftime, I think they'll be in good shape to win the football game. They're just going to ride uh, Chubb and Hunt for the rest of the game.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. You know, I got three things to add here quickly before we move on to the next game. Uh, first thing, I don't know if you guys saw that Brandon Staley uh, press conference from earlier today where he talks about why you need to establish the run and it's not to set up the pass, it's to make the other team have to make tackles and deal with blocks. And I thought that was a very... Very well spoken about press conference. That kind of got me hard. And by kind of, I mean like a three quarter chub, no pun intended, because they're playing the Browns. Uh, The second thing is that (laughs) I did just find that it was Schefter and he said it during the fucking rain delay. So that guy, you know what, Schefter? I don't give a shit who you think is going to the Hall of Fame because they're less than 50 starts in, like Gab said. Just tell me why the goddamn Washington football team facility, the head trainer's office was raided by the FBI. Like, that's what the people care about right now. It's Brian Laundry and why was Vermillion's office rated? Uh, and third thing, you know, the teams are just, I think this is going to be a good game. This is gonna be, I had this pegged as my everyone's pretty at 2 a.m. game, where, you know, I don't care what happens, I don't care who wins or loses, but I think we're in for a treat with this one.
2: Yeah. I think Justin Herbert, if he either wins or loses game, he had the best sound bite of the year last year against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. That was if you remember that, if you remember
1: that, I was in.
3: <laughs> no, no, Drew Locke dancing and singing was way better. Hold on,
1: was it two years ago or last year? Easily the best soundbite of all time. Last three years, or at least the last three years, not all time, was the Sam Darnold "I'm seeing ghosts." That is easily my favorite. The seeing oh, ghosts, like he that followed him, that's like, up there for sure. Ever since he said it, I don't know if that was two years ago or last year, but that one's an all time. Yeah, that's I remember.
3: I remember reading about that and because that's edited by NFL films and then teams are supposed to have someone that's like listening to, wow, this is like being talked about in the field. And they're supposed to be like, you have to cut that. Cause that's like, they're talking about like a X wing 47 banana, right? Like it's a play call, but yep. yeah. Like, and I guess the jets just didn't have anybody up there that day. So they cut all the obvious play calls and then they're like, well, you guys couldn't figure out your dysfunctional organization. Like, now you can have your quarterback going out there saying that he's seeing ghosts, like coming right off of a stint where he just got mono from making out with chicks at the club. So like, that's like the two polar offsets of quarterbacks you want. <laughs>
1: All right. Moving on to the next game, moving back to Westman. We didn't forget about you, Westy. We're coming back to you in the snake draft. What is your second game that you're picking?
2: My second game, I'm going with Philadelphia at Carolina. I think the spread spread right now is at uh, minus three and a half for Carolina and the over-under line's at 45. I think the big, big news coming back into this game is CMC is questionable and he's practicing. You know, I think they're going to take it slow with that MVP-type running back they got. They got rest of the season. I don't think they're going to play CMC coming in this game with Philadelphia. Um, but the market has moved lo- the, this line toward the Eagles, but I'm fading this because of uh, Shaq Thompson's injury. You know Carolina's rush defense fell apart against Dallas, but Philadelphia doesn't run the ball, despite being efficient as is. Um, what else could I say about this game? Now, Carol, I like, like Carolina in the spot. You know the Panthers faced a lethal offense last Sunday against Dallas, but should have a lot more success at home against the, the fucking Eagles, man.
1: Yeah, it really is the fucking Eagles, man, that you just summed it up right there at the end. Fucking Eagles, man. Oh, fucking Eagles, man. Fucking Eagles. Um, few things. One, uh, I, I meant to say this when we were talking about him earlier, but didn't Jimmy Garoppolo in his post-game press conference talk about how he's missing at least a few weeks and then all of a sudden he may be starting this week. Now we got CMC who is at least, you know, two or three weeks out and he's already Practicing and potentially coming back. In. Yeah, so there's so, a reason they didn't put him on um, the IR, man.
0: He wanted. They wanted you know, at least. These
1: fucking coaches and GMs, man. They got that shadow injury report working well early in the season. I think that's how you build a winning program. That's how you build a championship team. Is how effectively can you hide the injury report? You know, Matt Nagy tried it with the Fields and Dalton, and he caved to pressure. He announced uh Fields to be the starter on Wednesday. But I don't understand how McCaffrey is already practicing and potentially coming back. Cause I already written him off for a few weeks way to give that Canadian boy Chuba Hubbard a chance to at least rush the ball in a couple games by himself. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the other big storyline here that I had was the uh, today we're recording this on a Wednesday. We had uh Stefan Gilmore traded from the Patriots to the Panthers. That's a big addition here for uh, those Panthers. I believe Gilmore is a real deal. Uh, the Patriots need to get some money off their books to sign uh Jamie Collins is that the guy's name the linebacker I think that's his name right the guy who got cut by the Lions um, yeah I'm not sure why they're reuniting Collins back with the Patriots um, that's a questionable one that's like the Michael Beasley of the uh, NFL where he's just playing for everybody and coming back to the Patriots but uh, they cut him to get some salary cap room Panthers end up trading a sixth round pick from two years from now for that so that's a fucking cupcake trade and I think it's going to be a very effective trade and make this team a potentially tough on defense. I got Panthers shutting out the Eagle, not shutting out, sorry. Pan- Eagles scoring less than 10 points this game uh, is my prediction. That's the only thing I got.
0: I agree with that. And like Carolina is in there and win now mode because just last week they traded for CJ Henderson from from the Jags. And now they go out and get Stephon Gilmore this week. They're, they're all in the Panthers. So I agree. I think they're going to beat the Eagles this week.
1: Speaking of the Jaguars, Eric Westman. I hear rumblings around that your next game involves them.
2: My last game involves the Titans at Jaguars. The Lions at minus four for the Titans, and the over-under is at 48 and a half. You know, going into this game, everybody's talking about Urban Meyers bumping it at the club with some young hottie. You know, the, the real MVP of this whole story is Urban Meyers' wife. You know, she just took this all in, not even – she probably laughed behind the closed doors, like all the Jaguars probably did at, at the, end of the at the meeting that he canceled to have it re uh, to have it rescheduled uh, there. But I think this is hilarious. You know, the Jaguars. You know, Trevor Lawrence is one of the top, best top QB prospects of all time. Had one of a hell of a college career, and to be playing on this terrible team of the Jaguars. Just sucks. He should have been on the Jets, to be honest. But uh, I like the Titans in the spot. Derek Henry's leading rusher. He's probably going to rush for 200 easily with probably three touchdowns. Titans minus four.
3: I don't know if you guys saw the video today from them at practice. They broke down, like, uh, got out of the team huddle right before practice. <laughs> it was grind on three. One, two, three, grind. So... I don't know if that's what they usually do i don't know if that's not what they usually do but you would think that someone would have the sensitivity to be like if this isn't what we usually do if this is what we usually do we should probably not do that today but no i've read a bunch of reports like everyone was laughing when he leaves the room and like after he apologized he was like that was unprofessional me i should have taken the flight back and totally not tried to like hit this chick with the shocker outside of her jeans in the middle of a club as a married man and you know it's it's at the end of the day a lot of people like our professional athletes held to a higher standard than everyone else I would argue yes but our professional athletes paid that excessive little amount can that also persuade them to not professional athletes sorry professional coaches should they not also act in a more professional manner outside like that means that if Connor McDavid who makes a lot more money than I he'll probably make more money in one year that will like 10 years of my life actually he confirmed well uh when he goes up to a restaurant someone asks him for a picture does that mean he has the right to stand up and tell this person to go suck it no absolutely not like you get that additional compensation for the additional burden that you wear for being a professional athlete and a role model for all these kids and people and i saw another report today that like 85 percent of college ada's are would not have urban meyer as their head coach so wow. you know at the end of the day it's whatever it is it's that's between him and his wife and everything going on but the fact that he wasn't fired like is incredible like he could whip out his dick and do a helicopter in the sideline this weekend i think his job might be more secure than it was like 24 hours ago
1: yeah i i uh i didn't know much on this game again <laughs> urban meyer is the jaguar storyline and the storyline of this game really uh, obviously, the Titans need to win because they are playing questionable. But like you're talking about with Urban Meyer, there, I just it, again we don't con- we don't condone infidelity on this podcast. We really don't, filter not included. We do not condone it. But you got to think a lot of those Jaguars players are thinking, well, I just committed it, you know, no less than a week ago myself, and now our coach is out there doing the same thing. Wife is tweeting about it, national story. You know, got to give some prop to the guy maybe where. He, uh, he's stepping up for the boys. He's like, you know what? I see you boys, you know, you rolling around here with your, uh, with your side chicks. He's like, maybe I'll go find my own there in in Ohio and uh, you know, make some news about it. Maybe it's making himself feel like part of the team, you know, relating to some of these guys, but yeah, there's, yeah. I, every fiber in my body wants to take the Jaguars. Like this is the, nobody trusts the Jaguars to win this game. Jaguars haven't won a game this year. They are the worst team in the league. Every fiber in my body wants the Jaguars to win, thinks the Jaguars are going to win. And so I'm going to predict that the Jaguars are going to win this game purely based on Urban Meyer coming back, being the man he is against the questionable Titans at home. Jaguars at the least to cover, but if not, went outright. Do we know if Julio Jones and AJ Brown are playing this week? Uh, let me check. I don't believe so. They're probably questionable because every time I check, yep. Julio questionable. And. Holy fuck, that's a long scroll for injuries. Holy fuck. And AJ Brown is questionable as well. Okay. In all caps, in case you weren't sure, they have to question all caps are questionable. Because yeah, I see um, if both of them miss
0: again. You got you got to go with the Jags here, but if both of them stood up, I think I gotta go with Tennessee. Yeah,
3: I also like I agree with that. I agree with what Gab said, but you also like you have to quantify or try to quantify what. Their irreparable damage that Urban Meyer has done to his ability to lead and to coach this team too. For sure. They could come out, shit down their leg for the next two weeks, score a total of 12 points, and he could be fired as quick as that. Like, here's a question for you guys. Do you think that Urban Meyer survives this year as the Jaguars head coach? Like, I'm gonna say no. And that's why. Like, as for the Bengals, our head coach is Zach Taylor. He is a like quintessential white guy who never wears any sort of collar on the sidelines has absolutely no swag like you couldn't pick him out of a police lineup and he's just there but he apparently he has the ear of the room and i think that's why the Bengals are doing well is because they finally have some substantial pieces in the right places but if as soon as you lose the 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 leadership in the room and furthermore of the rest of the players it it screws you and that can damn a team for the rest of the year and we're not talking about if Bill Belichick went out and was dry humping twenty-three year olds in New England. We're talking about a terrible team with a coach that was already under the microscope to start the year because he had a guy at practice with a microphone and a speaker yelling at all the players to make sure that they're hustling and hydrating. Like he's he's already on thin ice, and he just he might have just got he might have just uh, poked his way to the next level. No pun intended.
1: Do you think that Urban Meyer being as probably hated in the locker room as she has been the whole hustle and hydrate the whole he's probably running these guys they're pay, getting paid millions of dollars maybe he's thinking like you know what I gotta earn I gotta earn some love and respect in that locker room maybe I'm just gonna go out, you know do what the boys do every time I see them on a Friday night uh, down there in Jacksonville maybe grind up on a nice young lady at the bar and earn some respect that way maybe that's his way of being like you know what I'm gonna earn some respect back on my name in this locker room that way obviously not yeah. the greatest way, yeah. and he got caught like again there, there again like uh there was the coach jay gruden got caught with the redskins doing it there's yeah. been a few other coaches that have been caught doing it i mean urban meyer's not the only guy in the world that's been caught again it's kind of like drunk driving you know you do it a thousand times you get caught once you're fucked and mm-hmm. urban meyer got caught whether that was he went one for one or whether that was his thousandth time i think it's one of those that i, I think he's glad he got caught obviously his wife isn't and she had a nice sarcastic way of finding it, but I think he's glad he got caught because it—it it was all, "Hey boys, we got something to laugh about." Everybody's uh, doubting us now, especially. That's why I'm picking Jaguars tonight or Sunday.
2: To say the least, he got caught in uh, his own bar in Ohio. That's—I think that's hilarious. He got caught in his own house,
1: and the chick didn't even know who he was. And he is probably one of top ten legends in all of Ohio for what he's done for yeah. that yeah and the other thing too is i could completely be wrong and i am fully prepared to be wrong on my jaguars sake they could lose by 40 like the texans did to the bills but i'm gonna say i'm gonna stand on that hill and be like you know what i haven't heard one person yet say the jaguars gonna win or at least cover i'm gonna be that guy let's do it moving okay. on to the next game gav you got your final game what do we got yeah going on uh so sleep? final
0: game here i got the new york giants versus the dallas cowboys it's a big nfc East math matchup the one and three Giants take on the three and one division leading Dallas Cowboys. Um, Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley are finally running like their old selves as both players had over um, 120 all purpose yards last week, along with the score. The Giants come into the game with the 14th ranked offense and 21st ranked defense. The Cowboys come into the game with a 27th ranked defense and the 4th ranked offense. The Cowboys did just release Jalen Smith as Keanu Neal comes off the COVID list. As both teams try to build off last week, I think this division game will be a closer one than people think. Final score,
1: uh, 27-23 Cowboys. Okay, before you say anything, Westy, here's what we're going to do. This is the first of the filter-not-included rivalry game on this uh, young podcasting season, where we have two members going up against each other. Uh, Obviously, NFC Beast, where we have Westy's G-Men and... Gavs, how about them Cowboys? So here's what we're going to do. This is what we do during rivalry time, whenever the Cardinals play the Bengals, whenever we play your Cowboys, however it works out. We each get one minute to give our slamming of the other person on the podcast, 60 seconds. I'm going to time it. Next guy gets the rebuttal. Me and Matt will give a little bit of insight that they missed or who won the argument. We'll go on from there. So, ladies and gentlemen, from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Since Westman, this is your first podcast. Gavin, 60 seconds on the clock. Let's let Westy hear it. Go 60 seconds now. Okay. Um, the
0: New York Giants really have no one on their linebacker in court. So I don't see them covering. Dalton Schultz is actually the fourth ranked tight end right now. Um, I also see Zeke running for a shit ton of yards along with Tony Pollard. We actually have the second best rushing combo in the league in Zeke and Pollard. And on the outside, I think I think C. D. Lamb and Mari Cooper can be too hard to handle against the Giants. And ultimately, the Giants have no offensive line at the moment. And the Cowboys actually had five slacks last week against Carolina, who ultimately is a is a top half offensive line unit. Um, and I and Michael Parsons has been all over the field. And Cowboys are actually the most takeaways in the NFL. Trayvon Diggs is leading the NFL in picks. I think it's going to be toward the handle for Daniel Jones. And especially with Dan Quinn at the helm, throwing in too many stunts against that rough, rough, rough O-line in
1: in, uh, New York.
2: That rough O-line allowed zero sacks in the past two weeks.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Take it easy. All right. First of all, before we get into Westy, uh, I was looking for more little F-bombs. You know, fuck you, Westy. You got a small dick. All that kind of shit. But you know what? This I is want facts, he baby. He just, psychologically, I'm just, saying facts, baby. He just yeah. psychologically, statistically fucked you right up the hooper. And uh, you know what? I think he won that battle. But Westy, guess what? You get 60 seconds of your own. You have to drop at least one F-bomb. Go. The fucking Dallas Cowboys,
2: man. I- I'll give it to them. They have a pretty good passing offense with their so-called one-two punch, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony P. Uh, saying, we have no linebackers? Okay, fair. We got Mr. Relevant, Tay Crowder, who has been honestly one of the most undervalued linebackers in the whole yeah, lineup. fifth-ranked linebacker. Fifth-ranked, okay. Our terrible O-line. Okay. How many sacks were we allowed last week? None. Against. Zero. Okay. Against – sorry, right. what – Sir, no against what? You have your 60 seconds. Keep going. Okay. We also have one of the 65 best now. One of the best secondaries in the league. James Bradbury is a top three corner on any. No question, top three corner in the league. No doubt about that. On the other side of them. Or in the backfield, we got uh Jabiro Peppers. Boom! We want that ball. Yeah, that's what happened. Then so, okay. And
0: that's fair. Um you have the you have the a good secondary. So
1: why is it? Oh, okay. I have no, thing? Interrupting. No, no interrupting. No interrupting.
0: No. no interrupting.
1: Also, He's got ten more ten
2: seconds added. We got Dak Prescott's arc enemist, Logan Ryan. Oh, you remember last year what Logan Ryan did. That beautiful tackle. All right. Cowboys are not gonna win this game. It's gonna be a close game. Giants are gonna have the
0: ball last second, and we're gonna win this football game. Time. So the only fact you threw at me is that the Giants secondary is a top half. And why are they the 20th ranked defense uh, by allowing 259 yards per game through the air, which is ranked 20th in the league. I don't really classify as a top secondary if you're talking to me. Um, And you brought up Logan Ryan. I don't know how that's uh, accumulative to this game since we're talking about this game and how to get the results for this game. So, yeah, the only fact you gave me was about your secondary and that turned out to be false. So.
1: Okay, well, I'm not going to lie to you boys. Uh, First ever rivalry week segment here on the filter not included. I'm not going to lie, it was a little weak. Person. I think you agree. Um, I'm pretty sure if the Bengals were playing the Cardinals, I would be coming after probably family, you know, some sort of Bengals history. I'd be saying some things that potentially would want you to leave filter not included permanently, but um, you know, these boys went after it statistically and they they flex their statistical muscles at each other, but I'm pretty sure right now, if it was me and anybody else, or you and anybody else for some, I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot more swearing and a lot more hurt feelings, but Well, yeah, guys.
3: that's just because I'm a piece of shit. These other two guys are yeah. pretty good dudes, so. <laughs> like you know, that was probably that. The,
1: that was the that was the nicest way to slam each other that they possibly could have. Um, yeah, <laughs> hurt feelings. Like they're thinking we're gonna work with each other every single week and there wasn't a lot of hurt feelings there. I would have gone right after you personally. I would have found some things deep down that may have hurt you, but that's just who I am. So that's our first ever rivalry week. That's going to be a good game to watch. A little NFC beast coming at you. Um, I'll I'll let you talk after Basan, but the only thing I got in this game, NFC beast, that's an over game. That is, it's usually under games in the NFC beast last year, but I think, uh, Cowboys offense is too good. I think the Giants defense may put up a few runs as well. And uh, I don't know. I just see, I see a blow. I don't know which way though yet we could see.
3: Yeah. I mean, either way, some someone's going to have a tough podcast recording next week. And
1: I'm all for that, you know, now, I think, speaking, I think, sorry, speaking of, I just thought of this, do we want to have a rivalry week bet where we have some sort of uh, punishment for the next podcast uh where if the team loses they have to do something on the next podcast
0: i'm the i'm game i'm
1: down
2: what's uh what's the spread at
3: it's seven Uh, seven even right now i just checked so i think that's if we're talking seven even i'm (laughs) i mean with all due respect westy you know how i feel about the giants i just don't (laughs) think they got what it takes to get it done I'll drop a stat on you right now that Daniel Jones has 188 yards rushing. Saquon
2: Barkley has 186. So when you're paying someone. Wait, 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 what? How many yards? 188, 186? Yeah. Two yards. Okay, two yards. Okay. Go on.
3: So what the fuck are you paying Saquon $10 million a year for, you degenerate? Are you guys like making love with your first cousins or something over there in new york i don't know what you're doing that team is hold on like, to be fair is a non-factor got... like the fact that you could not just run rp you could rpo a team the
2: first two weeks he was on a on a clock there he wasn't even getting all his his whole workload he's playing on a reconstruction knee Damn sure man. so
3: don't get you don't let him get his knee blown out simple as that
2: Oh, you can say the same thing about your Bengals O-line, eh?
3: That's exactly what I said, because that's your defense every time. Is that You're like, oh, well, you guys better have better O-line. It's like, no, it's the fact that Saquon Barkley has a reconstructed knee and we need to make sure that he's got pampers and diaper wipes in his locker every day is a complete different conversation. Like, I just don't think the Giants have what it takes. I think that both of these teams, the stocks are trending up, but I think one of these teams is about to get throat fucked this weekend to bring it out again. And I don't think it's gonna be the boys. I think it's gonna be the giants are gonna get put in their place. And then you and the Jets can just keep living at MetLife Stadium. Like it's a, it's an alter world where you guys just keep getting bang bust on the couch every weekend.
2: MetLife is a palace, man. Don't don't talk shit about MetLife.
1: Metal Lens. Uh, okay, so Gerson, me and you, we have to pick punishments for Westy and Gav this week. Keep in mind this is not a visual podcast at the moment, just audio. So I was thinking of taping the word of the other team to their forehead for the entire podcast, but obviously that doesn't really work uh, because the viewers can't see it. So, what do they have to do? Uh, audio, audio-ly? is that even a word? I think they got to What do they have to, they have to say next podcast? So they got to do like a 60 second, you know, nice speech about the other team. We want to do something harsher. Um, I don't know. What are we thinking there, Person?
3: Uh I was going to say you have to say three nice things about everyone else in the podcast. Um, And also, I think the 60 second speech also works. So you have to compliment everyone else three times and you have to give a 60 second speech talking about the other team.
1: All right, and on that note, we are going into my final game. Not a lot of great games left. So I have to take the Broncos and the Steelers. Now, if I was to do an under lock of the week, even at 39 and a half, this would have to be that game, Broncos, Steelers, So here's what we're doing. I got myself a nice little aggressive drink here. A little whiskey neat for you listeners who can't see it. Because I drink whiskey neat when I'm depressed. And it's because I'm depressed whenever I have to watch Ben Roethlisberger play quarterback in the National Football League. It is probably one of the hardest things to do, aside from Matt Nagy choosing a starting quarterback, aside from the Tom Brady New England Patriots renewal, uh, Tributes beside many other, beside the Urban Meyer scandal in the NFL. There are very few things that make me depressed, but none more than the Steelers committing to Ben Roethlisberger and having to sit and stew in that decision four weeks in, where Ben Roethlisberger should be at the point of throwing his last football, but he isn't. So that's why we got the whiskey neat here. The other parts of this game, I believe Teddy Bridgewater's questionable concussion. If he comes back in, Uh, The Broncos are a lock in my mind. It it uh, it's a uh, what's the what is it a rat line or is it chalk line? What is it called again when it's a minus one spread in gambling? And a rat line, I can't remember. But there's a the Steelers are minus one uh, at home against the Broncos. I you couldn't pay me to you couldn't pay me to bet on the Steelers in this game even at home. Uh, I believe the other big thing is I believe this is the Steelers game where the defense finally comes alive and plays like last year. If it's Drew Locke, uh, I have to ask a question for you guys. If it's Drew Locke, a quarterback, what is going to be the better combination of a sack to watch? The J.J. Watt tackling and sacking uh, Drew Locke or Vaughn Miller sacking Ben Roethlisberger? What is more enjoyable to you visually right now as you're sitting here? Big tree fall hard. Big Ben pretty full heard
3: yeah i'll go off the board on this one i would like to see ben rothensberger do uh big uh sorry do drew locks dance moves from last year that's what i think would be the best
1: like if if ben rothensberger scores on the opening drive they haven't done it all year i don't know the stat that's just throwing it out there if they score on the opening drive they're up seven early on the broncos he just drops a little drew lock dance from last year all right that's it's aggressive, but that's what this podcast is all about. Westy.
2: How about Drew Locke doing a juju smith schuster dance after TikTok?
0: Little TikTok dance for take that.
1: Yeah, I uh again, this is a tough game. There's not a lot of good games left. That's what happens when you have a uh you know bottom of the slate pick here at the bottom of the snack, snack, snake draft. Um, but yeah, this is easily for all you listeners out there. I've I've said I've been struggling gambling. At 39 and a half, I still believe this is the lock of the week for an under. I, I just don't see, I don't see 40 points being scored in this game. Like the the Broncos could win 30 to nothing. Obviously, they still don't cover, but like I don't see that these two quarterbacks, again, if Teddy Bridgewater is in, maybe a different story, but two really good off or defenses. I do not see 40 points in this game. That's really all we got to takeaways. Bet the under hard in on this one.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I I think 39, like it's just such a low number that I'm tempted to go with the over, you know, even though knowing both teams suck and, you know, no free ads. But I remember last week or two weeks ago, the guys on Pardon My Take referred to Ben Roth, watching Ben Rothensberger try to play football is like what trying to watch a, like your elderly childhood pet pass away as it gets older from age. And I think that is some perfect example of what they're doing like i thought long and hard about what i could try to like reference this to, but it's like it's like you know there's an end and that end is like within the next 12 months but just watching it is just so horrifically sad like he is he is so bad like i saw him make a pass last weekend where when you throw a football as right as with your right hand your left foot's supposed to be in front and You in be in front i saw him throw a pass where like everything was like the wrong direction and he just like flicked it for eight yards it's 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 atrocious I feel bad like you know I guess the only other the only other thing that I could compare this to is like if you I haven't done this so get the fuck out of my comments but like if you shit your pants and then you just like well I'm just gonna sit here for a sec because no one's gonna know if it smells or not like (laughs) that's that's exactly what this is it's like the Steelers were like fuck we should not have brought him back Pouncey retired everyone retired like We should just let this, let bygones be guy bygones. Thank Ben for everything. Fucking put his, put his, put his number in the wall of honor and just move the fuck on. But instead they pussied out. And now this is what you get. And, you know, I try not to shit on the Steelers as much as I do, but fuck them. Right. Like it's. Fuck him. That's what I would yeah, like to say.
1: The uh, Ben Roethlisberger play, the reason I had the whiskey neat here as part of my demonstration, the, part, the play that I remember vividly was watching him fall down, rolling to, out to the right with not a defender, even on the screen, let alone like within sight. And the analogy I came up with instantaneously was when a dad tries to play soccer, like an indoor soccer game, the parent-kid game, and he's trying to kick the ball and he just, you know, he hasn't kicked the ball in a while, trips over his own feet, falls down in open space that's the analogy i see like ben roethlisberger nobody was around him trips over his own feet falls down after making a throw that's the that's the famous dad playing the parent kid game and doing something so unathletic thinking my dad used to be a pro athlete or a good athlete at that moment and he couldn't be less coordinated at this moment uh westy gab you got anything on this game for? we move on to Person's last pick uh, yeah, no, okay, so, like, one thing for Big Ben, obviously he's never – he's not – has
0: not been the same since his arm injury. So, I think it was – it was last week when he needed 10 yards to convert a fourth down, He threw a two-yard check down pass. That's when you know something's up with Big Ben. And, like, ultimately what this game comes down to is who the hell is going to be a better quarterback, Big Ben or Drew Locke? Like, it's a pick them, honestly. Like, it's, it's – it's like one of your pick-or-poison type games. I'm going to stay away from this game personally, but if I – uh, Gun to my head, I'm probably picking Pittsburgh just to go with Big Ben and his experience over Drew Walk.
2: Yeah, I could agree with that. You know, Big Ben's career's ending kind of kind of reminds me of uh my old faithful Eli Manning ending. You know, it's gonna be that time where Big Ben's gonna be benched for uh who do they got? Uh Dwayne Haskins on their, their roster. That's gonna Big be a sad. That's going to be a sad day for big Ben and all those Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you know, this game staying away from it as well.
1: Who knows? It's a, it's a flip of a coin. Who's going to win this game? Yeah. No, for me, the, the last thing on this game, the reason I say bet the under, this is the classic bet the under, forget about it on red zone. And then look at the gambling card and be like, oh, I forgot. I would, I bet this game. That's a free, that's a free win. My mind. So moving on. I like that. I
3: like that strategy. Actually, I have never thought about that. It's just bet it. It's it's a bet it. Bet it and and
1: forget it. That's what I call it. Bet it and forget it. You're gonna be. You know, there's other morning slate games you're gonna be watching. That's a bet it. Forget it. Hopefully, you're 90 sure cash is out. Bet it. Forget it. We're You got your last game on the card. Then we'll talk about the other games we didn't mention. Uh, All right, fellas.
3: I got an absolute howitzer for you here. I got the Dolphins, the tua list Dolphins. At the Bucks, the Bucs are favored by 10. The over-under is 48. So my thought here is that if you're going to bet the Bucs by 10 and you believe that Jacoby Brissett can play as a quality quarterback in this league, then you have to bet the over as well because you're betting that Jacoby Brissett can put up 20 points. You want the Bucks to get 30 if you're betting minus 10. And then there you go. You got your over as well. So, you know, keynotes coming in this game. Tampa is one and three against the spread. So they don't cover, but they still take care of businesses. They're a three and one team. And I believe the Dolphins are one and three, correct? I'm 90% sure that's. So another, another note here is that the Dolphins are minus 47 in points differential. So they have given up 47 more points than they've scored this year. And to boot, they're only scoring about thirteen point eight points per game so far. So through four weeks, they're only scoring. Um, they're 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 just not scoring straight up. And they have seven points in there that were from a defense that did get a pick six there for them. So you know Gronk was listed as doubtful today. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be a eighty eight degrees and nice in Tampa Bay for the game time. So. What are you thinking? Maybe I'll kick this to Gab first because he seems he seems like he's on the ball with this one.
0: Yeah, um, I'm gonna be taking Tampa to cover this game. Um, actually, my last two weeks in a row, both my locks have come in when I bet against Weaver Brissett and the Dolphins. Um, I don't trust them putting up a lot of points, so I'm gonna go Tampa to cover here, um, and I'm also gonna roll with the under.
3: I feel that. Uh you know, I like Tampa. I'd probably take the over just for shits and gigs because I like seeing stuff spontaneously combust on the screen. But yeah, I think Tampa's going to ray the shit out of the dolphins here.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Not much else to put there. Uh, all right. Great draft gentlemen, best of luck in your games and your predictions. We got a couple more games to talk about here. Now this is what I call the smoke and mirrors game, the new Orleans saints and the Washington football team. This is the smoke and mirrors. Who's who they're both two and two. Teams that were projected to do better than they are at this moment in the season, both teams need a win badly to avoid being below 500. So I'm going to ask each of you gentlemen, which team needs this win more and which team is for real and which team's a fraud? Maddie B, which team needs this win more? This is New Orleans Saints or the Washington football team?
3: I'm going to take the football team because I think they need to get the FBI out of their
1: headlines right now. Okay. I like it. Uh, Dan Snyder's wife is probably somewhere involved in that as well. She was brought on to uh, mitigate that team culture there in the front office. I'm sure it's not going as well as they'd hoped, but let's hope that the FBI isn't their only concern against Jameis Lasek Winston next uh, on this Sunday. Uh, Westy, who's for real, who's not? New Orleans Saints, Washington football team, who's for real and who's not? I think the New
2: Orleans Saints is like the most unpredictable team in the NFL. They can win by 30, or they can lose in OT. Uh, Washington, another division rival, in my opinion. Uh, clearly, I I'll go with uh, I'll go with the football team. They're for real. You know, they got it. They got. A, they got a good defense. They got a good defensive line.
1: Folks, if you're
3: wondering right now, he just said, clearly, I'm going to go with and then had to think for three seconds. So whatever he just said, fade that motherfucker.
1: (laughs) So what I'm thinking here, too, with Westy and I like it, uh, this is a red zone game that will probably not be talked about a lot other than, uh, you know, a Will Lutz coming out for a potential tying field goal in the late seconds of the fourth quarter. But I truly believe that really the two instances other than a late field goal or a clutch field goal in this red zone game. Is a Taylor Heineke play where people are, that's a old Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of current Taylor Heineke type play where it's like, what is he doing out there yet? it still worked. That's something to watch for in this red zone type. Yeah. Question for you. Yeah. We've got the New Orleans saints, Washington football team. Both were top rated defense coming into this year. Both have underperformed significantly uh, for the most part, other than the saints 38 to three victory against Packers whose defense is for real. And whose defense is going to remain the anomaly that they are so far four weeks into this year? Oh,
0: Washington football Washington team 100% is for real over the Saints because look at their front seven in general. That was their big storyline coming into the year. Chase Young, sweat on the outside. So they're, they're, their strength is coming after the quarterback. I think they're still figuring that out a little bit, but I
1: think they're going to get it done. Perfect. Moving on to our last game we didn't mention. We have the New England Patriots against the Houston Texans. Uh all right, this is what we're gonna do for this game. Russan, say something nice about the Houston Texans. Go.
3: Uh, the quarterback that's gonna start on Sunday did not get a bunch of hand jobs from masseuses.
1: Good. Westman, something nice about the Texans. Go. Davis Mills would make a great accountant. Okay. Gav, something nice about the Texans.
0: Uh, I think I think Brandon Cooks is still a, is, is still a huge weapon in the NFL, so I like him on the outside for Houston.
1: I feel that I like that. All right, yeah, Brock, what do you got? Something nice. Uh, something nice about the Texans. Uh, they went an entire seven days without Deshaun Watson talk, and it's been quite nice actually. Oh. Yeah, true, true.
3: I actually uh, I listened to another podcast. Uh, it's called Offside by Eric Macramella. He's a legal analyst for TSN, and he was talking about this uh, this Deshaun Watson situation a couple weeks ago, and he was saying that. There has been a grand jury convened. So what that means is that there is like enough probable cause that he will likely be charged with uh, whatever crimes that they see fit. So there is a chance that he gets suspended for a significant amount of time after facing uh, criminal charges. Like, so we cannot see Deshaun, we could see Deshaun Watson in 2022 we could see him in earliest 2024 we could never see him again like it's this thing is so up in the air and obviously at big screen sports we don't condone whatever happened but you know it's not for you or I to determine there's a jury of our peers that will determine that as well and it's yeah what a situation that and Trevor Bauer it was like a I felt like a couple months ago it was like a big competition to be like who was the bigger piece of shit and jury's still out on that one
1: yeah, I love it because Trevor Bauer released a video, I think it was today or yesterday, I saw on my feed that he was saying that obviously these allegations are completely false. And I'm pretty sure from all the Law and Order episodes I've seen, they've talked about how the you know accused of being guilty of a crime should not come out onto a social media platform and say they're not guilty because that probably hinders their fucking argument in whatever case they're trying to make. But again, we don't condone Bill Cosby-like numbers when it comes to sexual assault with Sean Watson. We hope the best for him. We hope he wins it. I was thinking about it. Wouldn't it be nice if let's say his bail is at 10 million and you know, an NFL team like the Miami dolphins just say, you know what, that's your signing bonus, a little $10 million bail. And then welcome to Miami. You're a new quarterback. Maybe gets out of it. Um, That's our NFL slate here for this Sunday. We have a quick segment here. We're going to do our NFL power rankings on the top three teams. We think in the NFL right now at this moment, Obviously, there are teams that came in here with some high projections. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the likes. There are teams that have performed better than they have and teams that have underperformed that they have. This is our top three at this moment, super or playoff start tomorrow, top three NFL power rankings. Gavin, I'm going to give you your choice first. Give us your top three NFL power rankings right now. Okay, so coming in at number one, obviously I got to go with the,
0: the only undefeated team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals coming in at number one. Um, number two, I got the LA Rams. And then at number three, I got the Los Angeles
1: Chargers. Beautiful. Uh, young Eric Westy will give you the honors. Give us your top three. Mine are, very
2: sim- mine are very similar. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams as my top. Um, the second team, I got the Arizona Cardinals, and the third team on my power rankings are the Buffalo Smashing Bills.
1: on, give us your top three right now.
3: Yeah, as Gavin said, you know, Cardinals are undefeated. They deserve, they're holding the King's crown right now, so they're number one. For number two, I got the Buffalo Bills um I believe in what they're building over there I believe in everything that they can do and I think that they're going to be able to take care of business uh number three I got the Los Angeles Rams so I think Matt Stafford and Sean McVay is a weird thing where they they seem to have some chemistry I don't know if they take turns on each other's wives or anything but you no know, I think that they got what we need going forward and I can see those them being competent in the Super Bowl for years to come.
1: Beautiful. Well, my top three right now, I'm actually not even going to give it to my Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe that that defense uh, as potent as it's been this year and as under the weather, it's been talked about uh, with Brandon Salem being the head coach. I believe that they've neutralized every team so far. The four teams they've played have played under their seat, the lowest season totals so far, four weeks in, I believe that Justin Herbert and that offense is just getting started. And I believe They've played a good enough schedule where they lost to the Cowboys, unfortunately in a close game, but um, my number two pick at the Arizona Cardinals, they just about lost to the Vikings. They really should have lost to the Vikings realistically a missed field goal. Uh, I love my Cardinals. I mean, they are top three in my book. They just, can't, I can't put them number one yet. They have scored 30 points in all their games, at least 30 plus points in a game so far. And that Vikings game to me just is enough to put them number one. And then number three, I had the Buffalo Bills as well. Uh, other than that, that Steelers loss is going to fucking haunt me for the whole year. I'm just going to think the Steelers beat the bills that first week and it's going to drive me nuts, but uh, you know what? I'm still think the bills are the powerhouse in the AFC. AFC. Um, there's our NFL power rankings. No Kansas city chiefs in there either. That's uh yeah. that's one that uh, caught you off guard, but that's why we did it. Now, our last segment here on the podcast, we're going to get into it. Each of us is going to give our future prediction for what's going to happen this Sunday in the NFL slate or something that may ha- happen in uh, baseball when it's relevant, maybe it's the first couple of games, something relevant in sports that's gonna happen, let's say by the end of Sunday night. So Mr. Matty Bresson, we're gonna give you your first choice on what your future prediction is for the upcoming couple of days.
3: All right, so uh, we got the Jets and the Falcons playing in London. Obviously people from overseas are weird. I'm saying we get a streaker during the game that causes a disruption um, at some point during the game. Does not. We don't have to see anything. I would like if it's a female. I would like to see a couple things. Uh, but yeah, that's so we got. I got a streaker running across uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday at seven uh, seven thirty start. I nothing like little titties in the morning. Hey Westy,
1: fuck you. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, I again. I don't. I don't see. A streak you're thinking, do I want to get kicked out of Tottenham Stadium for a Jets Falcons game, whether people in London realize how bad these teams are, but I like the aggressiveness, those are what the future predictions are all about. Uh, look forward to, do we know who's calling that game CBS, we know who's calling that I'm sure Jim Nance and Tony Romer are driving up flying out to London for that one, but I'm sure whoever's announcing it will have a great call on if there is a streaker so best of luck to you person on that one. Uh, Westy, give us your future prediction. My
2: future prediction
1: is uh, Titans versus
2: Jaguars. I think Derek Ennual will rush for over 200 yards and three touchdowns. I also think that Urban Meyer will get fired after that game.
1: Whoa, fucking big one. So I'm going to take my pick there and give Gavin the last one, because like I alluded to earlier in the podcast, I believe the Jaguars are winning outright in this game. I think anytime you take a Jaguars in a game in any NFL year, that's a prediction and a bold one in itself. So I have the Jaguars winning outright at home against the Titans, whether Derrick Henry runs for 203 touchdowns, maybe Trevor Lawrence throws for five, who knows, but I'm taking the Jaguars to win outright at home, get their first win under their belt. Gav, your future prediction. Yeah, um, I think this is the week that the Washington
0: football team's defense finally comes alive. I think that the Washington football team's defense will sack Jameis Winston a minimum of seven times on Sunday.
1: Holy fuck. You're a little young and sweaty on the D-line, and you got seven sacks on it. I love it. Those are great future predictions. Boys, all the best this weekend for you. Enjoy your slate. Enjoy the misery and waking up Sunday morning. We'll tune in to you guys next week here, Filter Not Included. Go check us out on Instagram at Big Screen Sports, on Twitter at Big Screen Sport, no S on the end, on TikTok as well, Facebook, and our website on WordPress, Big Screensport.WordPress.com. Go check it out. Subscribe to our YouTube as well. Thank you for listening. We'll check in with you guys next week and give you our Week Six preview. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Take care, guys.
2: See you, boys.